Make the switch to Fios by Frontier to get our new low price for fast internet with Frontier Single Play. Now for only $39.99 a month before taxes and fees on our fast and reliable 100% fiber optic network. And for a limited time, get a $100 Visa reward card with a two-year agreement. Early termination fee applies, redemption required. Get upload speeds up to 10 times faster than Spectrum, now at an even lower price. Visit GetFrontierCA.com to sign up today for upload speed comparison and complete details. Limited time offer, equipment fees, surcharges, taxes, and other fees are subject to change, subject to availability. I hit record. So should we wait or something? No, let's go. Okay, let's go. Call me Boogie. Boogie. Not a nomad today? No, I'm Boogie today. I'm Boogie today. I am Boogie. Okay, welcome, welcome. It is so great to start talking again about Black Hypocrisy Part 2. We're fresh off the town hall. And man, I think we got some people upset. Um, Not sure, but some people were in their feelings. But it's good. It's good to talk about these things and not keep it inside. And welcome, Shannon. Welcome, Dre. Kinte, our our fearless engineer with the best mm-hmm. poker face in the game. Hey. Best poker face in the game. <laughs> <laughs> we want to discuss. We want to continue the the conversation because essentially there were think there were a lot of things that were coming up. We touched on some topics and um, we realized that there are elephants within elephants in our community. Mm-hmm. So when we talked about the Monique effect, which um, we'll get to in a second. There was a lot of talk about coons and talking the truth and respectability politics. And I think I wanted to um, pick up where we left off in regards to that. But at the same time, I wanted to just kind of do a review. And so if Kinte can hit the next slide, um, maybe the next couple of slides, we can kind of do a review, not that one although I would like to acknowledge the indigenous land that I live on. Mm-hmm. Um, here we are. This was a Super Bowl situation. And did you want to play what she was all about? Um, if you click it, Kinte, she will, Miss Jessie Wu will say what she said about the Super Bowl, which kind of plays Sister, into the... Sister, happy Super Bowl Sunday. You know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I just can't help but ask myself a question or ask all of ourselves a question. Where would we be if our ancestors were as fickle as we are. I thought we were boycotting the NFL. Like I thought the Super Bowl was canceled. I thought the NFL was canceled, yet here we are. You know, the NFL places the Super Bowl in Atlanta, the Wakanda of the United States, and I'm seeing all of us who were supposed to be standing with Cap, attending every event that promotes an organization. Oh, shit. That's all right. All of us who were supposed to be standing with CAP, attending every event that promotes an organization that oppresses black players amidst the most terrible social issue climate of our lives. But here we are celebrating. Okay. Where will we be if our ancestors were as fickle as we are? And now if you go a couple of slides in and we get to where it shows Monique, so you might have to click, I don't know, for maybe six times. Uh, Oh, there she is. You just went right to her. 
Perfect. Now, if you play both of those, you'll be able, we'll be able to start to formulate what it is that we want to talk about in regards to um, black women not mattering, cooning, mm -hmm. the truth, a whole bunch of things is what this will lead into. So go ahead, Kinte. As we try to come through this, because what I want really is for you to come through, because I know who you really are. And so what I, what I want you to do is come through this with a different way. Because you, Monique, you my girl. I love you like a sister. I hate what's happening to you. I hate what they're saying that's not true. I want them to know that you are caring, that you are a great mother, that you are incredible talent. I don't like the fact that you've been blackballed. You can be unblackballed. You too talented to have to worry about all this, where the next one coming from. I want this to end for you. Well, listen, I want it to end for you, Monique, because I love you. Because these people are doing it the wrong way. And you better than that. You are better than that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, click one more time. You are better than that. We, I've done nothing wrong. When you tell the truth, you have to deal with the repercussions of the truth. We black out here. We can't come out here and do it any kind of way we want to. Let me, Listen oh, to me. Your husband yes. can't be the Sydney that he really is out here. Let me tell They're you nothing. That flexing, Let me we got to flex something. a different way. We Let out me. here in a game. This the money game. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this is the money, the money game. game. We're in the money game. And we you cannot sacrifice game. yourself. The we best are. thing you can do for this poor people is not be brother. one of them. You cannot We're in help the money them game. Home. But let me tell you what the game is before the money game. Like before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, and wait a minute. if wait I a minute. crumble, if you my crumble. children crumble, my grandchildren crumble. I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. There are ways to win the war in a different way. We got more. Ways to win the war. What, what, what's coming up for you, Shannon? That face is saying so much. <laughs> in the money game. It's the money mm -hmm. game. This ain't the, this ain't the integrity game. This is the money game. I think there's so many layers. I mean, we get what we saw, but there's so many conversations that were probably had around them <coughs> with, with being photographed or um, videotaped um, or even the silence in the midst of her um, being treated the way she was treated, being blackballed. Um, so I don't, I, I, don't, I don't feel a whole lot about that situation specifically because I think um, sometimes... <laughs> Look, he's looking like what she's about to say. Don't do me like that, Dre. Not you, sweet Bobby. Um, I think <laughs> what you said at the very beginning, LA, is probably what I feel. Uh -huh. and, I, and I can only speak for myself. I just feel like we are the, the most disrespected in the game of any anything, whether it's entertainment, whether it's just society, like Black women always get the short stick. Now, don't get me wrong. Somebody could be quick to jump in and say, well, it's all women. Try that small fry on somebody else. That's not what I'm but I think black about. people in general are get the short end of the stick. It's not just black women. Black not, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, so what you just did is the equivalent of all lives matter versus black lives Thank matter. You. No, that's it is. not what I'm talking about. No, no that, it's kind of what you just did there. Because no. what we're talking about is what happens to black women in particular and in Thank a very you. specific way. Yeah. That's not to say that there isn't a very specific way that black men are also disenfranchised or um, 
have an, uh, their own set of problems where in some places they are more uh, disenfranchised than other people. Yeah. But in a very particular way, black women are are kind of, they're the doormats of society. <laughs> Don't keep quiet, Kate. This is why we have these conversations and I'm not trying to hijack the elephant room TV. I, it's okay but, to have a different opinion, Kinte. That's We talk about this all the time. Maybe there's something that I can learn from you, but you don't have to be you know, mm-hmm. quiet about it. There's an elephant where as soon as a woman says something, the man stays quiet. Is, is it the, well, and that's, like, that's not going to help anything. Now, I was thinking that, and if, if I can take what you said, what, I said? what you just said, and yeah. relate it to Steve Harvey and Monique. Okay, Mo- go ahead. Monique's big argument from the very beginning was that she should not be paid less than everybody else when she's producing the same amount of numbers, the same amount of people watching her shows, like the her, her Netflix shows, which is right. Steve Harvey said it's the money game. And we all know that Black people, let me finish, Black people in general mm-hmm. get paid less than whites. Black females get paid even less than Black males. So she's yep. like, yo, um, I want to be able to get money-wise exactly what I'm supposed to get, exactly what you get. So let's compare her and Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey said it's the money game. He's saying you have to play the money game. Pretty much he's telling her, yes, for you to be successful in this business, you got to accept what you what they're willing to give you as a woman, as a black woman. You should not be arguing and trying to come up. Stay where you are, stay in your lane, take whatever crumbs they give you as a black woman and, you know, play that money game. And it's wrong. It's dead wrong. I, 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 had, my, I had my feelings for a couple of years now about Steve Harvey. Um, and after I watched this, I was like, I, uh, I'm done with, with him because he, what he should have said was, you know what, Monique, you're right. You should be paid just as much as I am paid. Because remember a couple of years ago, she had a very successful um, night show on BET that, mm-hmm. and, and the ratings were, were crazy, were crazy. Yeah. And she still didn't get no love, you know? And it's because, I, I don't know, like Monique deserves to be, um, you know, have, have accolades thrown at her because she's an amazing talent. And she's able to produce uh, just as much as Steve Harvey could produce or any other big time comedian. Um, but I think he missed the point. And when he told her, you should play the money game. He pretty much told her, stay in your lane and just play the game. And and then when he said, you know, it's not an integrity game, it's a money game, I was like, yo, like, like imagine if Martin Luther King said that. What if what if um Johnson went to Martin Luther King and was like, listen, if you shut your mouth, I will give you from the government's dime a million dollars per year just to shut your mouth. Do you think this man would have took that money? Come on, like it's it's we've come a long way, and and for the love of money, I'm sorry, I, I know I went off on a rant. I just it, it upset me when I, when I saw that interview, and he was cutting her off. I was like, oh, I'm just- we call we coined that mansplaining yeah. at, at U of T. <laughs> um, I just want I just want to acknowledge. The wrench. I don't know what the name is of the wrench. Is that a wrench? I guess so. The fixer upper. Mm-hmm. Fixer upper. Oh, no. Anyway, if you could- um, it says, doesn't the same divide exist in willingness of men versus women to ne- negotiate for a higher salary? Hmm. This division is well documented in, in the Caucasian population. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you look at somebody like uh, 
what's her name, Silverman or mm -hmm. Amy Schumer, mm -hmm. are they getting the same amount as like a Seinfeld? Or maybe not a Seinfeld because he's been around for a, a while, but mm -hmm. are those comedians paid equally? I think, yeah. And like, it's because of patriarchy, right? Like, you have to yeah. look at like, the system that, they, that you live in is. No, no, no. I mean, no, 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 no. What's up? That's what I agree. That's they don't get paid enough. Right. They don't get paid the same. I think that's mm -hmm. what white women are, are fighting for. Yeah, that was a big that, thing that they're fighting for is pay equity, right? I mean, but there's also that argument about black women actresses versus white women actresses and how mm -hmm. the white women actresses are always getting cast in everything across Hollywood and black women get those stereotypical roles. So then they have to become their own executive producers and their own this and that so that they can create the roles so that we can see a uh, representation across the board. Mm -hmm. The society is meant to divide. There, there's just no one way around it. This world is not, it doesn't seem to work in the minds of most people unless it's divided. And it really ain't working, but it's thrived off of division for so long. Well, I think um, the elephant that I'm seeing here is that we, we seem to be striving for inclusion, but really though, like, um, like the different group, like, groups that are trying to include themselves in whatever the melting pot this is, don't really know themselves or their roles, like quote unquote, because it's like the, there seems to be this divide already, like this um, totem pole already of um, so white white heterosexual males on top. And then like um, everybody else, I guess, were like what white females, um, like everybody else, you know, follow follow through. Now with this order being there, like the word of the day of the uh, of the era seems to be, hey, let's all be inclusive. But the reason why there's like a fight against this inclusion is because a lot of people don't know themselves. Like we 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 as a people, we we like our our identity, and then within this lacking of identity. We have these divisions, whereas, like, for example, as we started off, so, like, black women are are, are never um, heard. Or, or basically, like, no, but no, nobody cares about black women. And then us, like, black, most of them black men is, like, we get silenced a lot. And so, like, we, like, we are basically, we, we're lacking our identity. And in the midst of that as well, we have this divide that's going on. So as we're having this turmoil, we're still striving towards inclusion. And I think that's like the, the, the biggest elephant here. Like, what are we trying to inc include ourselves in? Like, mm -hmm. like what, what, what is it? And so that, that's, that, that's the question that comes up for me. Like, and, 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 if it seems, it's, and it also sounds like if we're trying to include ourselves in what they already have established, and mm -hmm. some of us, I hate, I hate to use that word, some of us yeah. who are really cool mm -hmm. will accept anything that they're willing to give. Boom. So if we're trying to be included in what's already established, right? Then we're going to try to get in where we fit in. And even though it's not where our value lies, just mm -hmm. to be in it, we'll be like, okay, I'm in it. I'm good. And boom. And see, to, to kind of add to that point today, Elena, and I was having a conversation about um, Oprah, like her being, I think that was the first, uh, she's the only black female billionaire. And so, for her to be in that space, there are certain politics that that, that, that she got to play and the optics of that on people that, that look like her, but doesn't necessarily have the same financial um, capabilities of um, fluency that, that she has, tend to view her in a different light. So people, some I, I don't know if, if people might use the, the word 
No, not like I, I mean, I personally, I would never cla um, classify Oprah as a coon. Like I've never, you know, witnessed that type of behavior from her. But I think much more so on a personality level, people might experience her differently because, like, uh, in one of her super soul session conversations um, with either Michael B. Jordan or Devin Franklin, she they make allusion to um, when they started off. So before people were basically asking for, let's say, $100, then it goes to $500, then $5,000. Like, the, the amount just keeps increasing. Mm -hmm. So as, the, 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 you know, they increase, there was a limit where they had to cut people off and say, hey, like, I cannot keep feeding you here. Like, you know, you, you, know, you got to do your own thing. So with Oprah getting to that, to that level of success financially, that is like that in itself, it creates this separation like amongst her own people and there's this expectancy, like for example, from people like Monique in this situation here, where she like she might expect something from Oprah, like, hey, like like you are not doing nothing for me and therefore call for this big public outcry to rally behind her and uh the what what's the word you use? The Trinity, the that's Somebody, how, I think it was Kinte who had said uh, the unholy trinity. <laughs> Unholy trinity of Oprah, Tyler, Lee Daniels. and who? And Lee Lee Daniels. So Tyler, Perry. Daniels. Oh, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry. There you go. That was the unholy trinity. Um, but I, where, where does Tyler Perry fit in that though? Like, what Oscar-worthy movies has he produced? Like, why is he even in the the? I don't the think so Oscar-worthy. I think Tyler came on the scene mm -hmm. where we needed somebody. It was like they needed we. As in black yeah, casted characters, yeah, that made society look at us like those black plastic characters. He's mm. the only one employing them. <laughs> but the point is, is that's what I'm saying. He came in on the scene when he was giving opportunities to just ordinary black people, like regardless of where they came from, what they've been through, their situation. As long as they had some lick of talent, some voice, he was casting them. And that's what, I mean, not to say that all his movies are great, because I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that because he, uh, he made this opportunity available, I mean, not even just on movies, his production uh, company, he employs Black people, tons of them. Um, so that engagement alone has solidified him in the hearts of many. Yeah. It's the reality. And, and that's true, too. I mean, you let Oprah put a stamp on anything and anybody. Honey, <laughs> listen, and I'm not a big Oprah fan, but. That's actually a big elephant right there, too. Like, almost kind of a bit to the point that we were talking about early, earlier. Um, so Oprah, she's in that space of, uh, like, you know, billionaires and everything, her and, and these other rich um, affluent black people. So they are in that space. But part of the conversation, I think, was... Um, like the belonging aspect, I think you're talking about, and also how they have to act in a certain way to kind oh. of maintain that that status. Like, yeah. I, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like I think that's where like the the problem lies. Like the fact that so, Oprah, if Oprah wanted to create, like I'm as she's doing right now, her own channel. Mm -hmm. or not, if Oprah, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels wanted to create a a, a new venture where. Um, only black people, you know, like like we we had like our own media streams and everything. They could do that. They have the influence. They have the capital to actually start like our own strictly tailored like black Hollywood, and you know, like us build and support from there. 
but the mindset, like once we we do get to these um, places of inclusion where we are included in the financial aspect of um obviously like um white patriarchal um society system and everything, what we tend to do is now we we, we try to I guess conform to their ways and a, a bit to what you, I think you're saying, Dre, how one, once we we got into that space, now we basically want to include ourselves into the system that they have already rather than kind of recreate our own system and i think that's where like the biggest elephant is basically like lying now for, for us and but oprah is a different category i mean you can't really look at a person who's in like what the top two percent because a conversation of billionaires looks different different the conversation of multi-millionaires looks different than regular joe blows making 30 40 50 k what what they talk about is drastically different. Now, don't get me wrong. They all sleep, sleep and crap. Commonalities. <laughs> but they are not talking about that at the table as billionaires. Let's just keep that real. Um, and my experience as a nanny sitting around millionaires, which I am not, their conversations are just different. <laughs> what they're talking, they don't seem to be concerned as much. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people with money who have stuff and are invested in where they come from so there's a difference because of course we know oprah didn't come from money mm -hmm. a lot of times when they have arrived in that circle they mm -hmm. aren't necessarily looking at what is still going on where they came from those aren't the conversations that they are necessarily having hmm. that's my opinion now there are some that do give back and give back in droves but they also give outwardly to other countries. Oh, let me go to school in Africa. Let me go build a school in this. Let me go do this in Egypt. Let me go do this in, you know, you can go help people I out. I mean that in the States. You know, all those, those uh, hip hop artists that are now building schools in Africa and doing mm -hmm. work in Africa, mm -hmm. why aren't they doing it in the US? Well, go ahead, you guys, you guys go ahead. Yeah, you I, you're, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. because I, I, I'm not sure what you're going to say, um, Boogie, but I think that soon there's going to be a, they're looking to build up African economies um, in hopes that people migrate back to Africa. So they, they're looking to improve the, the economy, improve the education system out in those countries so that people that are, that were forced out of their land could probably go back. And, that's, and again, that's my assumption based on the conversations that I've been hearing and interviews with people like Akon and others that are building schools out there. Um, I found when I found out that little John was mm -hmm. building schools in Africa, I was like, really? like yeah. "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay." What? Say something about Superman about the school system in the U.S. about like the lottery for uh, the charter school. I don't even mm -hmm. know how this system works, but it just seems like. The education system, especially for young black people in the U.S., seems pretty dismal. Mm. And I'm just hard pressed to understand why when you have the people there and you have money there, why there hasn't been more of an infiltration into the education system in the U.S. to support black children from being educated. Uh, you know, import the, the, the teachers if you have to. We have a we actually have one yeah. black school here in Toronto where kids can go to, for elementary school, they can go to a black school and have an African-centered um, curriculum. So I just wonder why more people aren't, is it just something that's not allowed or I don't know how, it, how it's blocked. 
I mean, we the people can allow, can make anything happen. It, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a voice. It's gotta be a vision. It's gotta be proper execution. We got a teacher right here on the panel. Now, I wanna be a teacher, like seriously. Um, however, comma, they get paid mm. pennies. Mm -hmm. But this is what I mean. Why aren't they? But but the issue is us. We the people. Yeah. We are promoting football players, basketball players, tennis players, and yada 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 yada. And as soon as they want to stand up and say, "I want more money," they stop everything they're doing. Mm -hmm. They ain't showing up. They're not practicing. They're not playing. They're not performing. And we like, oh, look, throw them a couple of more million. <laughs> Yeah. Now, if we have the structure has to be different. Now, we had teachers that we can back because that's what they need. They need our support to back them up and say, "Hey, if you want to stop teaching my bad kids until you get better pay, I'm gonna stand on the front lines with you until you get better pay." Mm -hmm. They are the reason why our children go on to be basketball players and football players, and it ain't right. I, I, I could. This is a whole different show because I have a lot to say Look, about. Yeah, I know you. And and it actually could go in, into the black hypocrisy also. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it definitely is black hypocrisy. Yeah. So and and it's a deeper conversation because we look at teachers and yes, some teachers in certain districts get paid very little. Um, I I work in a school district that don't pay their teachers little. In fact, they pay teachers in New York City a great amount. Um, so like I'm not one to complain about what I'm getting paid right now. Uh, and, and it's going to go up continually throughout the years. The trouble that many teachers have, especially in black communities, is that you have parents that would show up to practice to this, the kids' football practices and basketball practices 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half an hour early so that their kids can work out to improve in their athletic skills. But they're late every day to school, mm. you know, and that's going to improve their academics. So it's, 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 it's a deeper conversation to have. Teachers get um, a lot of blame and also a lot of support. Um, people are talking about how teachers don't get paid enough, all right? But then some people are talking about how teachers aren't producing um, passing test scores for students. And then those same people will say, we should not be um, assessing students according to tests. But then those same people would say, we need to be checking out test scores to see if these teachers are effective. It's it's a, it's a, it's a deep there's no consistency, and it sounds like Shannon. It also sounded like I don't know if you were inferring this, but it sounded like you were almost saying that the parents are looking for the parents to raise the kids. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. I grew up with a mentality that it takes a village, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not old by any means, but we truly believed in that. The lady down the street used to watch us until my mom got home from school. Mm -hmm. And trust me, if I did anything wrong half down the block, I probably mm -hmm. got a whoop by all of them before I got home. <laughs> so for me, it's like we have lost that community. Now it's like ain't nobody checking for anybody. You have to know your neighbors. You know, that's your bad bleep bleep kid. I don't want nothing to do with I'm shutting my doors, but I'm going to peek out my blinds while <laughs> you instead of being the voice, being the change. And of course, that's the flip side to that. You know, you won't get shot at either. Because people unfortunately have no respectability in that part. Um, right. There are just so many layers. But again, that goes back to the original conversation of the division. We mm -hmm. are meant to be kept divided. 
Because right. if we tapped into our power, if we tapped into our unity, if we tapped into our sense of community and our responsibility of self, and we built bridges instead of burning them amongst ourselves, we would be so far more valuable and powerful to each other. There would be no, oh, my child is going to come to school 15, 30, 45 minutes early for practice. No, my son ain't going to practice if he ain't got passing grades. Oh, you disrespected Mr. Harrison today? I'm going to disrespect that behind. Right now, <laughs> then we're going to have a conversation because it won't happen again. I grew up with teachers would be like, oh, I'm calling your mom. Them kids would be stuttering because you know your mama, first of all, would have to take off work because your mama wasn't going to wait till you got home. She was going to call up there, find out she was acting a fool, show up at the school, and some of those people got their butt whooped in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. This was up through high school. So we have a culture deficiency. We have accepted so many things with social media, um, trying to be our, our uh, and especially my generation, uh, people I grew up with and younger are trying to be friends with their kids instead of being parents to their kids. My mama always said, I can be your friend after you've grown. Right <laughs> now, I need to raise you up into a functional, law-abiding adult. Hmm. Right. We can be friends later. That's I still know my role. I know my mama knocked me into next year. So there is a level of understanding and respect and culture, respectability that just doesn't happen and exist across the board. That's that's interesting because like on, on the flip side as well, Shannon, um, this is like the other side of the conversation as well. Um, in, I guess, not being friends with our children as well, it could cause a lot of these mental um, health issues that we're experiencing. Because then you have a lot of people where, like I think, in our community, we're not aware of um, the traumas that people are basically going through, like the like the issues that they, they deal with, maybe because in the way that we may manifest that discipline. I mean, this is like from my opinion, because now that we're in this era of, um, you know, hash out your feelings and like, you know, like, like, like talk how you're feeling, I'm seeing that the way that I guess we're programmed to be, like, if you're disciplining a child, even like the slightest of things, they may take it as if like, you know, you are just like saying the most horrific thing to them and like you're disrupting like the whole world and everything. And so it's like, I'm, try- I'm trying to find like the, the, the medium ground. Like where, where is that medium ground? We come from so many different um, extremes, Boogie. We grew up, and at least I did, we grew up in a culture where it wasn't safe to share your feelings or what happened at home stayed at home. Now we're in a, I need to tell everything. This is how I feel. This is what's going on, even if it's not necessarily in the right space. Mm. Just because you feel like you need to share it does not mean this is a safe space to share it. You know, mm. a lot of times kids post stuff on social media. That's why you got kids showing pictures of other kids committing suicide on social media. They never have that room and space and breath and scope to have a conversation with somebody in a safe space or going to see a counselor. I saw a counselor when something happened to me traumatic in school and my mom was like, well, why didn't you tell me first? Well, I thought she was going to whip my butt. I knew she mm. wasn't going to whip me. There was the difference. But I had a safe space to share how I felt, what I was going through, what I was experiencing. That's not necessarily the culture of the generation we're raising. Mm. They want to share all their feelings from one extreme to the next on social media, in a Snapchat, um, on Instagram, via a picture. And but, then mimic what they see. Man, they get that from adults too. How many people, mm. like you know, friends that, that put up subliminal messages on Facebook, airing mm. out there, you know, long. Yeah, 
media for sure absolutely you know it is but they've created even a bigger culture like we didn't grow up with no snapchat like when i was a nanny all the stuff that came out the vines do it for the vine snapchat this snapchat that instagram like i was just getting into that culture that was only four years ago um and so for me like people actually do this like not be arguing with people you don't even know on social media because what they didn't like your picture yeah. Mm. Yes. So that speaks to the, the the larger issue of where we get our sense of wholeness, mm -hmm. you know, and how are we transferring that and how are we uh, recognizing it across generations? Because just because I'm older doesn't mean that I don't need my own sense of validation. So if I'm feeling that and my sons are feeling that, and how do we learn to speak to one another so that we can, you know, mm -hmm. all heal from that situation? You asked that question before, uh, LA, and I think that you have to keep asking that question because yeah. you had asked in a podcast maybe a month or two ago, I'm not for sure. Mm -hmm. first like, how do you, and it was, we were talking about skin color. I think we we're talking mm -hmm. about different how you can be this confident or this way or the other. You have to speak life into people. Yeah. Um, and that starts at home. Um, one of my dearest friends, her daughter was struggling with her complexion and saying, well, she didn't think she was pretty enough. And she she broke it down to her daughter. She's like, first of all, let's stand you in front of a mirror. Let's look at who you are. Let's start speaking life into who you are. You are a beautiful child. And, you know, speaking truth to her in terms of what she said, the scripture said about her, her being fearfully and wonderfully made. We have to be... Um, creative and consciously aware and do it on purpose to our to ourselves to our children so that we don't let people discount us on social media or we don't let people discount us uh via a post and then we take everything personal when they're talking about their ex you think they're talking about you first of all get out <laughs> know your self-worth and your self-value and don't <laughs> let nobody else put you in the discount bin because you're not that mm. Yes. Mm. And see that that's the interesting point too, because so, like in a in, in a sense, I see that um, Monique, what she like so to kind of bring it back then tie it together, what Monique was doing is she was hashing she's hashing out her her feelings, and in a sense, I felt like Steve Harvey in like a, a bit of his approach was almost as if don't basically like you know like um, don't show how you're feeling or how you're basically like receiving it because you are black. And yeah, you have to basically that. like, you you can't be that you can't be black out here. You gotta basically survive. So now, like for me, like I kind of bring it back to, to the to the main topic, where it's like su survival versus cooning. Like what? Where's like that 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 middle ground where it's like a person is cooning and when is it surviving? Because it's like. And let's not get it twisted. I think we all agree that Steve Harvey was cooning and that he has been. Oh, I think so, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. That's, we help you understand that. However, this is a really good opportunity to talk about the people that are not cooning, that are just actually just trying to navigate or survive in the system. Because if I lose my job, my kids aren't going to be in the same position as Steve Harvey's kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. If he stops making specials, I think they're going to be all right. Whereas yeah. I keep grinding to make sure that my kids actually eat. So... You know what I mean? I just want to acknowledge uh, Imani, a.k.a. Manetta, in the room. And I wanted to touch on some of the comments that were mentioned earlier as well, because we're just going off having our own mm. conversation. Yeah, um, sure. No, 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 it's good. Was it there? 
I think the way the system is set up, it's set up to disrupt that, to cut that down. And so I think that's probably the reason why most people, like, to kind of add to Dre's point, want to build in Africa. So, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a place where it's the, the new place to be, to start like venturing out, where you can kind of build and create your own narrative out there. Because over here, like, there's no space for, like, the two narratives that's going on. There's, there's already a narrative here that's, you know, been well in place, and they don't want to change that. So I think that's probably why, like, um, they don't want to allow, allow us, you know, nobody want to be in. Um, okay, so I just want to bring it back to, on the slide, it says, nobody cares about black women. Mm -hmm. And at the very top of the show, there was an idea that... Um, we believed that black women were what the most disenfranchised or the worst, i mean yeah the most oppressed i guess in in the in society's eye okay. and then there was the idea that all black people it's not just black women right mm -hmm. and i feel like that i think that there is obviously an elephant there between black men and black women and our experiences that cuts really deep because I think that there's a lot more support amongst black women um, and that black men don't and, have an outlet. And for, and for a lot of support among black women and for black women. Mm -hmm. And for black women, whereas black men often have to bear that pain internally. Um, they can't really emote it. Um, and so we start playing these oppression Olympics with one another um, to say, oh, my pain is worse than your pain and all of those things. Um, so I just want to, um, to explain that for black women, while they have support, I just feel like they are really treated as if they don't matter in society. And that's not to take away the experience of black men. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that even though we have those things happening to black women, we can go and create, you know, sisterhoods that will help us through that. And there are some black male groups that can create that brotherhood also. But I would say on a whole that I don't think black men have that sense of support. So in that way, the experience of being oppressed in the way that black women are um, can't be feminist without men. Can be a feminist without men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just think that there's a problem there that we need to look at. And it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about being able to speak from our place of shame. Mm -hmm. um, and how do we do that? Um, and why would we make the other person try to feel ashamed by because of the way that they think? You know, I don't like when people shut down and just mm -hmm. check out when the point of the conversation is to have the conversation and then something happens inside of us and we're like, I'm out. I got to go. Peace. But sometimes we have to reprogram ourselves, LA. What's that? I said sometimes we have to reprogram ourselves and I've gotten intentional in my thought process and I'm going to use Kente as an example because he said he was quiet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> conversations I can tell he gets frustrated because he'll be saying something and I'll be like, but wait, uh, but wait a minute. And he'll be like, see, you're not even listening. And I think a lot of times that is our problem. We don't listen to understand. We don't listen to, um, to empathize or to hear somebody out. We listen to uh, join in. Or defend. 
to no to defend to 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 top up like or to one up and say oh this is my situation and it's bigger than yours and you'll be all right and so um but i usually interrupt him because he'd be talking about women and i'm like but you ain't no woman so <laughs> so well, i'll be like we also have blind spots right a lot of us have our blind spots and while we may be down for the goal, we all want to get to the to the goal. We don't understand what we can't see. Right? Absolutely. So I acknowledge that I know I do it. I do, and I probably do it more so with him because he'd be trying to tell me stuff, and I'd be like, "Nah, I ain't trying to hear that, bro." Um, <laughs> but I think we do that often more so than not. Um, yeah. We don't actually just sit and listen and receive because it's not necessarily for you to have. <laughs> I, I don't try to talk. Lie, so you call them, you know, <laughs> look, don't do that. Um, don't tell them, <laughs> um, yeah. So we also had a really long conversation about whether or not to continue the elephant room, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah, we have this conversation. You two seem shy, but right, look great. I'm sitting here, like, well, we'll help you run it because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. This is a lot of okay, go ahead. I know it's like, I mean, sometimes when you're doing um, work. work and in the community, in the community <laughs> and I think the expectation, because I, I mean, because we also do a lot of introspection like ourselves as well. The expectation is that the people whom like, you're doing it for, the people that are closest to you, will support you. Will basically provide a certain level of support. So it's like, that's I something. That right? <laughs> so those are like the unspoken. <laughs> The unspoken, um, um, you know, like um, expectations that, that that we tend to have, and it it does become a bit hard when you, you're looking towards, I guess, your closest circle or the folks that are around you to sustain you, especially when you're starting off, or you know, to build community. And so, when we keep talking about black businesses and you know, it's like us creating and maintaining. There's this like there's this elephant, there's this fine line where when you keep pouring and it's not being I guess reciprocated, it like it gets like what a bit harder. It's 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 exhausting to you know, if you were caring for somebody and you were always caring and that person never even said, you know, thank you or whatnot. Like obviously we're not talking to the people here because Mm -hmm. you guys are always here and supporting us. But between the two of us, we at least know two or three people that would you would think would want to be in here every Sunday with us, but they're not. My family has never logged in. You know what I mean? So how, and then when we think about that, when we expand outwards to like community now, and then like the larger global society, you know, it's not surprising that black businesses suffer um, because we we just don't we i don't know there's just not a follow through and then having these conversations is not necessarily what people love to do <laughs> we don't want people pointing stuff out to them mm-hmm. right and, and also i mean in saying that the introspection aspect of it too is that we then realized see now like i, I kind of tied into when i hear um nobody cares about black women and, I, and now i was like i'm gonna kind of use this as the that analogy um one thing i'm realizing is that there are people, for example, like you guys are, you guys are actually showing that support and you guys are kind of sustaining. And like there are pe- the people that we don't know from the outside, they're actually sustaining this work that, that we're doing. And 
So for me, when I do hear a statement like nobody cares about black people, as a man that actually do like black care, women? yeah, black women. I'm sorry, like to make it more specific, a man that actually do care about like my black <laughs> sisters, like black women and everything. When you do show up, and I guess you you showing up, it gets dismissed in a sense because like that in itself is where the elephant because there are people that might show up for you. But it's, it's, it may be the people that you're not expecting. So for us, like in having that talk, I, I think the introspection aspect that, that came in was like, no, no, no. We actually have a, a community outside of the people that we do know that is actually supporting this movement that, that, that you know, we, we, we created. But you got to look at you got to look at what Kente said. And I and I will use an example that I've, I've used since 2008. So he said it takes a long while to build a base, which absolutely does. So. Pass off the Kente for putting in all the work and then encouraging us all to come along for the journey. I don't think it's more than the base part. But for me, look, this is what I'm saying. What you're just saying about you getting discouraged. When I wrote my first book, I didn't do that good. Look, I, to in, me by numbers and dollars, I'm still not doing that great. But I asked myself one question, and this is why I still do what I do. Mm-hmm. If nobody ever bought a book, ever, would I still be passionate about the work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, believe I believe in poetry. Um, I believe in the way words marry well together. Um, I believe in how they make people feel. Do you, sorry, sorry, but do you believe in those things at your own detriment? Like if it was emotionally draining for you, how would you barter? How it much is emotionally draining, Because a lot of times I'm using my emotions to write the words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also find therapy in that. Um, exactly. Because there is a um, a reckoning when you have to go face to face with something you believe in. Because it, it, it allows things to flow through and flow to you. Because sometimes I've said things not knowing that somebody was paying attention to me working myself out through my words. Um, but everything that matters that it has some value. I I just wanted to reach somebody, not millions, not hundreds of thousands, someone. Your mm-hmm. your work is going to have a it's gonna take time, but it will have that ripple effect. I believe yeah, okay. But I, I I could be wrong. It, it sounds yeah. like what you what you're doing is not saying that this hair isn't working. I think you're saying that the support isn't there and there's a there's a way for you to utilize the energy somewhere else? No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, We're talking about our personal networks. We're not talking about, but that's one part of what we're saying. The second part of what we're saying is that what we want to talk about on the show, Mm. um, there's this idea in our minds of how it's going to start to facilitate a conversation that can actually strive to heal our communities, Mm -hmm. which is the point of what we're doing it for. But yeah. and I understand that there has to be a base um, to do that so that we can reach people. But we are reaching people, so we are mm-hmm. doing that, and maybe we're healing amongst ourselves. Yeah. However, when um, like there's a lot of pressure to um, produce something, and then when somebody t- catches feelings, and then I find that there's a lot of cyber abusing that happens <laughs> on here mm-hmm. uh, and this platform. This like I can't I don't remember the show it was, but it was during the 24 hour thing where this white man just came for me 
right? And oh, nobody, said that. nobody said anything. And, and so when I talk about, I'm scrolling through social media and I see black women being grabbed. I see um, a whole bunch of like black women being punched. I go to work and I have no voice at work. I'm having this like internal and external experience that's happening while I'm trying to help my own community overcome the very thing that I'm experiencing. So I see this as a platform for us to all, you know, almost like a support group of sorts. But again, then again, the, the elephant in the room is that we beat up on each other sometimes more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, Keenan's wants to say, um, some black people think they're too good for black people to attain their success. For real. How, like, do you, is that true? What do you think, Dre? That some black people think they're too good for black people to attain their success. Um, again, it, it goes back to trying to fit in. So mm-hmm. yeah, they may they may think that, and it's only because they're looking at the themselves now that they they're in now, and although it's not up where everybody else is, the the other the higher ups, I'll say, um, they're in, and they're looking at black people that have not made it there, like okay, yeah, they're not as good as I am, and they probably will never get here, and because I'm here, I'm not going to try to bring other people up. I'm just going to bask in the presence of who I'm around. Mm. Um, he, so you can go ahead. Keenan wants to say, yeah. is that is the second part, but wants to affect black culture. Mm-hmm. So black people, if I read correctly, some black people think they are too good for black people to attain for their success, mm-hmm. but want to affect black culture. Shake my head. That was the follow up. Is mm-hmm. that correct, mm-hmm. Keenan? Hopefully, I. I, uh, mm-hmm. I Keenan, do you want to get in? I can step up. Um, and so, like that's the thing that I'm I'm realizing for myself too, because the more and more like we, we're on this journey, so um, I think it's just to stay the course because um, that's why it's like a comment like Steve Harvey's like to kind of bring it back there. It, it becomes very detrimental because I think revolution or change, there's a lot of up like up and downs within that. So when you give up or you quote unquote you try to just survive. What that does is that it impedes and it stops that process. I think that you know, like for us, we're very like blessed. So like basically, to, like to have friends, like to be like friends, like and to have like other friends as well, like a good community that we are able to, you know, tap into and keep going. Now, when you hear a comment about you know, hey, I'm just trying to survive, like just hush, don't basically do anything. It doesn't allow room for this kind of discourse where. We are basically now. We're doing. I, I feel this is something kind of revolutionary, and based on like everything that you know that, that's been happening, and I find that the people that that is for are being basically reached. So when like I mean, they, a lot of people speak about or the like, emancipation, black emancipation. Like we talk about it, we talk about it, and we don't really live in the practicality of it. Mm-hmm. That's where the hypocrisy, like really, you know, like it, it, it comes in. The black hypocrisy, like we talk about emancipation, what it should look like, but the practicality, that's where it comes in. And I think that's a bit what uh, Keenan. I like, think this is Keenan here. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a bit to what you're saying, talking about it, but not really being about it. Right, and um, I mean, this is a lot. It's a lot to talk about, but 
I mean, on the Monique situation, like she feels like she's not entitled to to attain the same things that other uh, successful black comedians has got. But um, like, what are you really, really, what are you really trying to really prove? Are, are you going to come up with a message for black people to soak in something from you, or are you just going to say the same ratchet Monique shit that we used to? You know. <laughs> so I mean, you want this, you want this opportunity, but what are you going to really do with it? That's true. Mm-hmm. That is a point. Yeah, what is she gonna do with it? But can I just point? Okay, I'm I'm that girl. Okay, I'm that girl that will always point out the elephant in the room. So when you talk about Monique being ratchet, can you speak more to that? Like, what do I know? Yeah, I hear that she should have handled it in a better, in a better demeanor. I I am assuming. How how is she gonna teach us a lesson? Is is, this thing what? What is she gonna teach us about? Like, really, how to be a black woman these days? So how to. I mean, she she usually go off some ratchet shit like you know how to suck a dick, <laughs> how to keep your man, uh, fuck skinny bitches. You know what I mean? It's like it's, that's her comedy act, though, right? That's her comedy, but that's her reality. Mm. How, okay, that's so her comedy is her reality. So when she handled the Netflix situation and wanted the more more money, she approached it from that from that from her comedy re- slash reality. Is that how she approached it? Because she talked about in another thing about how she went to the unholy trinity of mm-hmm. Oprah, Lee, Dave, Dave, Lee Davis, Lee and uh, Tyler Lee Daniels, yeah, and um, Tyler Perry, and that none of them came to her aid. And I'm thinking, like, I have a theory called symbolic proximity, where people will sometimes distance themselves when something hits the fan. So while no, that's not what happened. Yeah, because they don't want to be uh, tied in with that. They don't want to. Uh, be in in um in the same company of somebody that's that's want to speak their reality or speak their truth because they playing the corporate game like Steve Harvey was telling her. It's ain't about money. integrity. It's about the money. So you dealing with people that's evaluating your numbers compared to Amy Schumer. It it makes sense to give her a certain amount of money because she has the following. She has the influence. Monique. She doesn't. And if it is, it's in a in a different country. I don't know. I don't know how to say that part, but no, I hear it's, what it's you're not saying. it's not the same. They, so she, they they gave her evaluation of her numbers. And that's the way that businesses run these days. So I don't know. Well, he's right on that part point. You know, if they if they gauging it by uh, her pay about uh, gauging it with the numbers that she's producing, then yeah. Um, then they could have, I guess, spoke with her, uh, spoke with her about uh, future dates because I don't think she's ever done a Netflix special. She's she? not seeing that point because she feel victimized. She feel like, oh, because I'm black, that's the why I'm not getting. I want, I want twenty million like Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you don't get. That's not how we work. You won't need. That's not how we do this. You know what I mean? So. So should she have been cooning then so that she could have solidified her money? Is that hey, the I ain't say cooning. She should have took the money and showed them, hey, I have support from uh, my, my demographic. I got support. I can show you the numbers if it's if it's produced through this network. Hmm. Um, but if, if you got so many people like that, if you want to take that route, she should have produced her own show and then showed them people like, look, I can do it. 
I now what can I, can I get a sixty million dollar check? Hmm. I think I think one of the big mistakes she made was she shouldn't have uh, talked about what Chris Rock and and uh, Dave Chappelle got. Hmm. I think that. Yeah, was... but it's not even a male. It's not even a male dominated thing like that. I'm not trying to say that she came at them like for that reason. It's just she should have showed and proved on the independent base to show them that she's worth what she's worth. How did how did what's the connection between the unholy trinity? That's, See, that's something different. You guys are getting that mixed up. Um, that has nothing to do with the Netflix thing. That came okay. later. The Netflix came way after the unholy. unholy that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I'll say I'll sum it up. Was when when um, she was um, doing her Oscar run for um, Precious that. Uh, they had asked her to uh, to um, go to Cannes Film Festival, and they weren't going to give her no extra money to promote the movie. And she said, "Well, I don't want to go to Cannes. You know, I've been on this this run for a while. I've 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 done all my contract, contract contractual obligations. So, you know, I'm going to sit this one out unless there's some more money. You know, and which every you know actors have the right to do that. I mean, people do it all the time." So it's not like she was doing something that was beyond the pale. And they basically told her, you better get there and do this. And we're not going to give you no extra money and all of this. So she said, you know, I'm not going to do that. Which actors turn down stuff all the time. It's part of the business. And she she's at a level where she could do that. And she was, you know, so what happened was after she won the Oscar and all of this stuff and she had a TV show she started realizing that her offers weren't getting better. They were actually getting worse and she wasn't getting any better material. And then he, she had a private conversation with Lee Daniels where Lee Daniels told her that she was blackballed because, because of uh, that part of the can thing and all of that. So she tried to deal with it on a private basis to get back, you know, you know, to where she was at. And it, it just wasn't happening, so she went public with it, and it so was. Now, yeah. So why she show professional? Huh? Go ahead. Why would they have left her out to dry? Because people are petty like that. They you're, do it all the professional time. Professional character. You don't carry your professionalism in your in your craft. People don't want to work with you. But you're but hard, you're I think hard, in you're fact, a hard, tough cookie to deal with. But no, but I, no, but, I, but to be honest with yeah, you, up until she, up until that, she never had a problem. To be honest with you, the people that we're talking about, Oprah, no. Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels are the worst people in the world. And <laughs> Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry blackballs men for not sleeping with him. So stop so you know these guys do that and they're really petty and oprah's done it to many black people as well he she did it to iliana van zandt before she had to get on her knees and beg her to uh help her with the uh the oxygen whatever that crap that she does own or whatever so that's what they do they that's how they they get down so then his the question was about um and i just want to respond briefly to keenan about uh monique and her being unprofessional, her not take her not her saying no, right, and and them not giving her extra money if she did go, mm-hmm. that's extremely professional. The fact that they told her to go and wouldn't pay her is unprofessional. So her her making that stand, taking that stance, 
was right. It wasn't immoral. It That's wasn't just one right. network, though. I mean, that you got if if they don't want to work with you, I mean, move on. Go to another company. Don't just hey, we're gonna we're gonna boycott Netflix, y'all. No, no, no. This wasn't Netflix, though. This wasn't Netflix. This was yeah, yeah. yeah um, what happened was they they were pissed because she didn't do what they wanted. So instead, so they decided that you know what, we're gonna stop her from earning money by telling people not to work with her. Because so now, yeah. now let's let's take that back to, to Steve Harvey. That mm-hmm. makes like adds a whole lot of context to the whole uh, topic of did Steve Harvey uh, coon that situation? Like, was he a coon? Yeah, that he coon that situation. We and when you to, add that context, there's no argument anymore. Like, there's no argument at all <laughs> about his motive for having Monique on that show and him saying what he said. There's no argument because what he what he what he, right what he, what he basically <laughs> said. What, what he everything what he basically said was you know um when she called them out see they're not used to getting called out they've done this to many people before and they don't say nothing because they're afraid because of their status in the industry and she did something that people don't do is she actually made like this is what's happening to me and other people know other people know what she's talking about, but they're so afraid that they're not going to say nothing. And what he's basically saying is, you not, you can't do it like that. You can't tell the truth. You gotta, you know, you gotta play the game, and you know, you gotta get on your knees and all of that stuff. Because what she was supposed to do is, uh, Pente, Pente, yeah. all them other people were we playing the game, that, and they're still not doing shit. anything. We right. see that shit in the Colin Kaepernick <laughs> shit. This nigga taking a knee for the for the cause for a real for a real cause. All the black players should have did it, and everybody mm-hmm. like no. They like no. That, at the end of the day, they was like no. Uh, I feel you. I respect you. I, I hear what you're talking about. I but I got a job. I got a family. I ain't. I can't take a knee this week. But that's why. <laughs> <what, laughs> the one percent can count on that. I know. That's yeah. Their money on. We can do whatever we want because we know that. Not everybody's going to get behind them. If if all of the middle class got up and said, you know what, we're done, right? The one percent would explode. But the reason why they keep doing, the rich people, Amen. the wealthy keep doing what they're they doing, because they know they know we can mistreat this one. Mm-hmm. Not everybody else is going to mess up their own livelihood to get behind. Exactly. Them, right? and, 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 and in a way, that's why I have a lot of respect for Monique because I I wasn't a fan mm-hmm. of hers really before. All of this. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not a big. I'm not a fan of her comedy, really, um, or uh, or really her. I didn't really care too much for her before this, and then. I but I respect the hell out of what she's doing. Because nobody has the the nobody has the balls to do it. Every, but there's a. I know personally cases of people who got the same treatment, and men as well, and they didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't have the balls to, to call them out. That's why they were so shot clutching their pearls because nobody does it. Just look at Cat Williams, though. You know what I mean? You can't say that he don't speak the truth in his comedy, but his character is not aligned mm-hmm. with what he's saying. So can we take you seriously? Yeah, why not? Oh, I don't. I take it. I take what he's saying very seriously. He be he be telling it. He tells the truth, like. Uh, like a lot of people don't do. Um, I remember 
but at least you can say, can't tell you before you go on, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh -huh. You can at least say, I'm not that role model. You know, don't look up to me because I'm not that that type of guy. But if you can listen to my special, you can listen to what I'm saying, you might learn a little something from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I think what's going on now is uh, actually a case of um, like the individual versus um, community. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Be because, um, I'll be right back. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I think that, um, see, Monique, she's an individual. And, like, and honestly, in, in all honesty, like Oprah and them, them guys, they don't owe anything to Monique. Like, because no. they work, like they work to get where they are. And so if they choose not, if they choose not to work with Monique, that's their like their own choosing. Now, as, as far as a community, that mindset, it could be very detrimental to us. To but think this is that era where we want to support black businesses, exactly. we support everybody that's black, black, you know, black, black, pro-black. It's needed, like, like, but that, you want to like, stay in your lane and don't want to ruin your own reputation from what you built. Oprah, shit, she had to fucking deal with a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Mm. Ain't nobody, she wasn't crying out to everybody like that. And, and, she, and like that's the thing. So her respectability politics that she had to play to get to where she's at is saying that we're in a different era now. Now that what, what I think what we're, we're realizing is that us as a community. We basically like we have um, there's a huge disparity like um, amongst ourselves. There's a huge separation. So like the, that gap it keeps widening up. So there's two things that I play. Yes, they do not owe anything to Monique. Like fair enough. But as far as a community, I think when like it could have made a big difference. It, it could have made like a big difference. What is Monique teaching? What is Monique? What is so important in Monique's, Monique's comedy or in her character? That's gonna teach the black community anything. What I'll is she gonna? You, I'll tell you. Is she I'll gonna you. grow? I'll tell you. Where, where it, 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 it's about individuality. So they like, to to be the individual because like I mean like we're all basically like we're all different people that, like different folks different strokes. So, so like whatever like uh, her personality that she has she brings she she's trying she's bringing it to black culture because now when you look at white society you have like a lot of fools that basically do a lot of stupid things and they they get money and they get paid. So yeah. us like as we're trying to build Wakanda. There's different folks, different strokes. So it's like her her brand of comedy. Like th there are people that that may, I I don't like, but that may like her style. And so it's like I, we don't want to suppress that. Exactly. It's like, it's like we don't really want to suppress that part of like you know like our um, uprising. Like we want to create space for like us. So as long as we, we get there and there's an us, that's what you know. Like that's cool. And when we do that, you know, my pedigree is better than your pedigree kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. We will not get there. Because we're too busy trying to judge each other based on where we are in proximity like, to whiteness and colonization. Yeah, like, yes, exactly. I can't, I can't deal with it. <laughs> it gets me really that's, that's, that's the whole thing about celebrities and their influence mm -hmm. on, on social media yeah. these days. You get to see so much from their personal lives, and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. this is what goddamn Snoop Dogg ate for breakfast. And you know, <laughs> you just like you get the whole 24 hours from them. I'm just saying, though, like when it comes to our community, again, these mm -hmm. were our kids was being raised off. And mm -hmm. Shannon said a comment, you don't want to be a friend with your kid. But mm -hmm. actually, you kind of that's the only way. To yeah, mm -hmm. there's like a whole compromise that has to happen because I know like I now know that my 17 year old smokes weed and it's kind of like. 
man, especially here in Canada where they've now legalized it. <laughs> so he's hard pressed for me to hear the whole, you know, you should wait. It's not good for you. Why would something that's not good for you be legal? Like he, he's not, he's not stupid. He's talking to me about how he feels about the situation. And it's not that I want to be his friend and smoke with him, but at the same time, I have to be able to set boundaries without making him feel bad for where he is. Oh, um, they're not going to tell you if they if they're not comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How I started smoking you. weed. When I started smoking weed, you know how much weed I smoked. <laughs> like, you're not going to get those answers. Yeah. Well, I luckily he kind of he doesn't hide it really. He we can tell that he's pretty much always <laughs> weeded it out. So he's like shutting down. He's shutting down there. Um, I'm not. I ain't say enthusiasm for for weed. It's just. Why you like it? Why you you know? Why you doing it? Like, are you gonna just be a pothead for the rest of your life now, <laughs> or is this a, a, a temporary phase that you're going through just to figure it out? Yeah. Hmm. No, that's see, but that's what you just offered. I wish there were like ten people in here to get that message because that was so key. What you just said. Um, no, but we're gonna repost it for sure. But that's why I would like these conversations to keep going. Um, but when I have to call an elephant out in a room and people don't like it, I don't know that it can't, this conversation, it can't work that way. If people are going to, you know, be in their feelings about what people say. Um, I'm not always political. I'm, I'm never, matter of fact, I'm never politically correct. I, and I, and I embrace that. I want to be the unorthodox <laughs> person that comes in and say whatever that's on my mind on, on anything. But, you know, you gotta just, everybody's so set to be that perfect person for society or oh, I'm that role model you can look up to. I'm the, you know, you, uh, we said this, um, what last week, everybody's the next Malcolm X because mm. it takes everybody to have that mentality to go forward and come at these issues like that. I'm not talking about peaceful protesting. I'm not talking about, uh, making the right situation for everybody to relate to. Mm -hmm. And on, on on a social media rant, mm-hmm. it's just you gotta you gotta live that shit. And and that's the elephant in the room right there in regards to like the Monique and Tyler Perry and, and them like that situation. Like what she's doing is like she's not being politically correct. Like I mean, she's basically kind of standing up for her her voice. And so like like I, I agree with what you're saying in that regard. You feel me? So like that's where it's like um, at, on the same level. Like when she stands up. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's dope. However, though, it's like, there's like two sides. It's like the self-accountability and also accountability for like the community aspect of it. So it was like, yeah, definitely. Th- th- there's steps to it. Like what I'm noticing, in, in my opinion anyways, like, so at first as a community, I think that we cannot afford to shut like others like, uh, uh, out. Like though like in individuality is very important. So, I, like so, in this case, so that that means what I'm trying to say is, yeah, Tyler Perry and and those three, like they kind of basically like you know what, have to support like uh, Monique and include her, in my opinion. And one, once and they she, could even teach her exactly. I mean, like pull the sister aside and show her how to be how to be better than if if, if people are going to judge her based on how she acts in that sphere. Teach her something, give her insight, make her think that you care for her enough to share this with you. You know, saying, but is she a role model? Boom. Yeah, is she somebody yeah. that you can look to your kids can watch and say, I learned something from, 
oh, I want to be like her when I grow up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I just want to touch on what Shannon said earlier. She said, we don't have the power of the movement, only the power of the influence. We still don't understand the true power in either. Uh, she was embracing the influence. It's the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They soaking all this stuff in. People, you know, our age, 30, 40 and up. Mm. We just like shaking our head at the kids. Why are you doing like this? Why are you on the phone all the time? Why are you, over, you know, why you don't go outside and play like we used to? No, it's not like that no more. Mm -hmm. It's a new era. It is a new era. So what are some ways that we can engage them? Mm. What is a different way? If we're not asking them, you know, why are you on that phone? And what are you always doing? And et cetera. What can we do or say? Yeah. Like I wondered, what are some some um advice, Drake? Because like your father of four, like the teacher and the father and the father Three. as well, right? Father, like so, like and it seems like you have a very open and good relationship with with, with your son. Just like um going by your vlog, like what are some things that you use to basically engage him? What are you, what, what's your your approach? Uh, felt and uh, no, uh, I said a felt, but that was a joke. No. Uh, <laughs> I use open communication and I create identity. Uh, so we have, we have an identity and um, with, with my kids, um, I, I teach them that being a Harrison is more than just a last name. So um, I would teach my daughter the expectations for my experiences. Takes what? My the expectations from outside looking in, how people look at you, what people are gonna say about you. Oh, can I touch your hair? Uh, you know, what I mean, no. Just you know, this is different aspects in, in our life these days. Is we have to really show them through experience and, and really tell them something they can they can they can understand. Yeah. What's the problem of being online so long? What's the problem of not? doing this you're doing this too much so you're not getting this read a book besides being on the internet, the internet yeah, don't have yo he didn't would be one of those dads to give you some serious licks he does not play but sorry dre you were saying yeah so I mean, they, they just want shortcuts <laughs> they want shortcuts no we're not giving them that we want to do you can't find all the answers on Google. All in life. You can't look up how to be happy. Hey, Stephanie. Google. <laughs> yeah. We're getting taught. Go ahead, Dre. Yeah. So my um so and with all that, I try to teach my kids to be um sort of like free thinkers, right? I want them to think uh think about everything and don't formulate opinions before you get a chance to think it through mm. and uh, and really like really get into it. So like even with my, my youngest son, him and I have some very deep conversations. He's um, very deep. And I make sure that we keep uh, the lines of communication open. I don't want my kids to be afraid to say anything to me. Um, but at the same time, I'm not quick to to, to challenge their thinking um, mm. in the sense that I'm like, you know, I'm your father. You're going to do what I say. And you're going to, you know, be who I want you to be. I'm the type that, um, all right, let's, let's talk this out. If I don't agree, right, because I'll, you know, if I don't agree, I don't agree, but I'm not going to force that on them. I'll, let's talk this out, you know. And if they come to me with logic, even if I don't agree, I got to be able to be like, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't. It's not for me, but it may be for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, uh, even even my my son Gabriel, 
him and I talked about the whole situation with Steve Harvey because they talk about it in the school. My son goes to a school um, called Eagle Academy. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's the only um, black-run all-male school in New York City. They, they, New York City, the New York City School District has allowed uh, this outside agency called Eagle Academy to have New York City public schools that are all male, right? And the the most of the leaders, if not all of the leaders, are um, are African American, are black, mm-hmm. and not just black males, but black women as well. Mm-hmm. And they have deep conversations, and they've had a conversation about Steve Harvey and Monique in the school. Um, in particular. So they have a lot of um, deep conversations about identity, about race, about community, about all that stuff. So my son, uh, especially my youngest son, he's he's growing up in that um, self-awareness um, atmosphere where he's knowing who he is and developing his own idea and not just coming up with ideas because a lot of people go around to start saying things and it doesn't really make sense. And after a while, they start, you know, um, showing how hypocritical their thinking is. Um, So it's the coon game. Yeah. So, um, so with my sons, um, uh, I I encourage open communication, um, and in the process, uh, having them think deeply about whatever it is that they're saying, and coming up with ideas logically, strategically. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're here like Yo, we're taking away your hey, same thing. Hey, we're taking it to a level. But no, it's like, like, like <laughs> the reason why, um, I like I asked on an individual um, level as well is because I believe that once an individual has a certain plan, um, as to how you know the the, the environment should be, that's what basically needs to the greater community. So, for example, you, you mentioned the identity and what it, me- it means to be a Harrison and everything. So I think that us as a community, it's about basically like finding fun, your tribe because yeah. like within like ourselves, there's so, many, there's so many different divergent views that it like what we're trying to do is it's so hard because before our ancestors got here, like there were different tribes that were all banded together. So like there were different beliefs and ways of living that that were existence before we got here so now we're trying to recreate like they forced us into a situation where we have to recreate i guess a new narrative with a new set of people and i think that's where we're finding our our, our blocks because hey like you know certain values that i have may not be what the next like like, Af- like african-american or african african looking like person has and we're trying to come together and create this space and you know, move from there. So it's like, I really like that on, on, on the individual level is knowing what you want, finding your tribe and expanding and, you know, like setting your values and goals and then, you know, expand from there. And somehow we still got to find a place to kind of link them just like mm-hmm. how Caucasians they've, they've done. Because if you look at their society and like what, what we, the, the one that we're enslaved in, there's so many different avenues for Caucasian hood. There's basically like they have um, their, um, their straight, <laughs> their gays, like all the sexual um like like avenues. They have uh, their educational system, like different type of schools. They have like they have so like entertainment and everything. So us as well as the people, I think we, we gotta really recognize that like the human acts the, the human aspect of ourselves. And I think that's what like um when when they, you know, cast that spell of blackness, like they 
they basically have um we lack that that identity we lack who we are like as people like and yeah that's something that like, i kind of wanted to bring hmm. point. i'm trying to follow what they're talking about some now who married to that gold digger <laughs> 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 Who are we talking about? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's Who? Talking about Marjorie? Uh, Steve White? Yeah. Steve White? Who's that? Steve's wife. Steve Harvey's wife. Oh, Steve Harvey's wife. Does she swing on the branches with him for the ten million? No, she she has her own life. <laughs> I don't even know that much about his wife. She, she has. She, what does she do? What does Shannon say? No, I just said she's pretty. She has. I've seen her IG before. She does a lot of like lifestyle stuff. <laughs> I don't know what. Oh it yeah, is. she was married to some dope dealers. Yeah. Oh, she yeah? was. Oh, so what? maybe she always. She maybe she taught him about the money. Well, wait a minute. Who's, who's <laughs> wait a minute? Who's cousin? It, he married his cousin. Wait! Whoa! 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 Wait, we're talking about elephants in the room. <laughs> like I'm, I'm lost, uh, Steph. What do you mean? The two dope dealers we married were cousins. <laughs> oh, oh! So she was married to two guys who were cousins. Okay. Oh! 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 Wow! She married to two guys who were cousins. Like, now yeah. No, it's like It's like if you were married to Boogie, then you you got divorced, and you married his cousin. Oh wow, yo, she—that's what I think they call savage. In my, in my day, we, we have a word for it. It's called savage. She's, she's, she's a savage. She's a savage. She's savage. <laughs> and also, there's, there's this thing where Steve Harvey um, left his ex-wife and really left her with nothing. To the point, you know, she she went um, she went through depression and was in and out of psych hospitals because of what he was putting her through. Yo, this guy—he's like he has a really bad rep as a, as a person, Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve Harvey, because like I mean. The comedian we know out here. Yeah, again, yeah. You got you got somebody out there that's willing to be successful and willing to do whatever it takes and connect mm-hmm. with whoever he can and dismiss whoever he can to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, good, a good example of this is when he moved from Chicago to um, L.A. and told all his staff in Chicago, all right, I'm moving. It's been real, y'all. <laughs> He told he told his wife, uh, his ex wife, that he said, "This ain't the love game; it's the the money game." <laughs> yeah. That's hard, though. But I mean, that goes back to who's your identity in. <laughs> Yo, it's true. That's so crazy because, like, even like uh, a, a comedian that that we you know we know out here, like, um, he's he's known, he's fairly known in the country. He was just telling us about his interaction with Steve, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Jay Martin. Jeez, like, he, no. yeah, he, yeah. No. Corey Holcomb be filleting him. But listen, Shannon, if he calls you to get on his show, you better go. Harvey, <laughs> because if he calls me, I'm going to. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if he called me, I'd be like, "We're Ashton that," because I feel like I'm being punked right now. <laughs> What's going on? At the end of the day, you're going to come to a fork in the road, and it's going to be the money game lane or the integrity <laughs> lane. <laughs> Oh, I would never lose my integrity if I was on the show. That ain't got nothing to do with it. No, let him lose his integrity. I'm losing That's him. Get me on the show. I'm going to expose my my, my what I'm doing yeah. to everybody else. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going. If yeah, Andre, Father's Day's coming up. We want to talk about your book. I'll be there. Right. Don't talk to me about love. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you at all. But no, I mean that wouldn't be losing your integrity. I mean. I mean, Khalid Muhammad went on uh, Donahue. So. What? 
His mouth is too juicy. What? Explain, Stephanie. He is the mouth of the South. Don't do him like that. <laughs> what are we talking about? I hope he's still, <laughs> he's still talking about Steve Harvey. Yeah, talking about Steve Harvey's got a juicy mouth. <laughs> he's got a big No, that's not. That's actually pretty hilarious. Hilarious because, like, to kind of like bring it back again to like the the, the main topic. Um, so Steve. And, and you mentioned a good point there, Dre, when you talk about a person who's who's basically money hungry and they're willing to do whatever it takes. A person like that is very dangerous to our cause as a people because <laughs> like, he's he reminds me of that scene where it's like, oh, no, you can't tell Massa this. Like, you want to be free. Yeah. And like, that, that guy who was talking, yeah. talking to Kunta Kente about, you know, how he he got to behave and everything. And when you look at, our, like, our history... Like I was saying last time too, the Nat Turners and like all these other great people that 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 wanted to emancipate our people, they got blocked by folks like Steve Harvey that's willing to do any and everything for the dollar or like for for comfort or or, or yeah. butter biscuits. May I? It reminds me of Haiti, right? Mm. What if Steve Harvey was there at the time? Did from Haiti? Because you realize every. Every Western country, every Western civilized country mm-hmm. put their boot on Haiti because mm-hmm. they were the first, the first country in this hemisphere that mm-hmm. emancipated themselves from slavery. But do you know the how they first. did it, though? But do you know how they did it? Because the first step was they murdered coons. They had a, uh, they, mur- they murdered coons. They, uh, they had a poisoning. They actually systematically poisoned off as many coons as possible before they started their <laughs> revolution. That was yeah. the first step. And that's how they were able to do it. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Every, every, let's look at different countries. Ask, right? ask facts. He'll tell you. Let's look at different countries. Even to, to, to this day, the United States is sending troops and resources to um, to countries that to, to rebels that want to overthrow governments and countries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's big. That's you know what they say is being oppressive, like uh, mm-hmm. government that's oppressing the people. So they're looking at help the rebels from being unimpro- un, un You know what I'm talking about? All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haiti was tired of their uh, oppressors. You know they did what they needed to do to get to a place where they can fight back, and that's probably eliminate those snitches out there. <laughs> And and they till this day are considered cursed because mm-hmm. they were the first ones to mm-hmm. emancipate themselves, mm-hmm. and they should be the first ones celebrated. When we talk about Black history, that's yeah. what should we be talking about. Now, what if Steve Harvey was there back then? He would have been like, "Hey guys, Ooh. chill, stop." <laughs> right? Don't it's chill. about the money game. Let's let's not. Call it it's you the know. butter biscuit game. <laughs> yeah. Even the guys on my shirt, right? The people. They were in the Olympics, 68. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They lost so many. And, and nobody knows about the poor little white guy next to them. <laughs> yeah. That he actually did stand with them, but okay. he lost out too. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I And that's why I see, I like, so not for me, that's why, like I keep saying, like, when that conversation, like, it re- like people that are like that, they scare me because, like, I can't trust people who are, 
who they're, are basically willing to do anything for the dollar. Because, they're traders. Yeah, they're traders, straight. And they, when you when Dre you talk about you know Haiti not uh, basically not being celebrated, it's almost in a sense they because they took those first few steps and there's no support like from like other places and stuff. We, we, we've all kind of halfway emancipated, you know, like we're we're hot, we're cold, we're, now we're going for it, we're not. Like mm-hmm. Haiti is in a situation where, where they're in right now because there have not been other like places that have kind of continued that that rebellion that that, that stronghold. And also, yeah. all of the Caribbean and Africa mm-hmm. are, and what other country has the majority black people? Mm-hmm. The unholy trinity of not supporting Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. like, yeah. we're not standing up for them either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. This is how that's how it worked on a political level, and that's the mindset. Like th- th- that's when they Harriet Tubman her, her quote when she says, "I've freed like, uh, hundreds of slaves, and I could have freed like a thousand more if only like what their minds were liberated from like that." Yeah, that's exactly like what that yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, that is really sad. This is a sad note to end on. <laughs> no, no, it's it's the truth. Hey, you're gonna get us flagged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right there. <laughs> that would be. Doing? That would be a dream come true That'd if I our, ended up on that list. That NWA list. Oh, <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I made it. <laughs> I made it. I'm going to knock on the door, FBI. Yeah, Sorry, they, they are already at your door. Believe it. <laughs> we are so grateful that you guys are here. Um, oh, As always, 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 mm. Shannon, Dre, so, so, Steph, we always see you. Keenan, thank you for being here. Kinte, thank you for holding us down. Mm-hmm. Um. You don't have to leave here, but we got to get offline. <laughs> so, stop the podcast. Well, well, you can stay in the after party because we'll probably have a much richer conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point. You guys should like join in. So next time, y'all could partake in this after conversation and oh, yeah. after, um, you know, parties. The after party. After no R. Kelly. No yeah, yeah, no R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a safe space. It's a safe space. All right. Peace. <laughs> Billy's internet costs too much dough for slow uploads that drain his side hustle flow. Now's the time to get Fios by Frontier with upload speeds 10 times faster than Spectrum. Our single play bundle is now just $39.99 a month before taxes and fees with no annual contract. Visit Frontier.com slash FiosCA today for upload speed comparison and complete offer details. You've got a friend on the digital frontier. Limited time offer. Equipment fees, surcharges, taxes, and other fees are subject to change. Frontier terms and conditions apply. Service subject to availability. Billy's internet costs too much dough for slow uploads that drain his side hustle flow. Now's the time to get Fios by Frontier with upload speeds 10 times faster than Spectrum. Our single play bundle is now just $39.99 a month before taxes and fees with no annual contract. Visit Frontier.com slash FiosCA today for upload speed comparison and complete offer details. You've got a friend on the digital frontier. Limited time offer. Equipment fees, surcharges, taxes, and other fees are subject to change. Frontier terms and conditions apply. Service subject to availability.